Welcome to the podcast of JanetMichelle.com. Tune in and hear from women representing diverse business industries, sharing their glow up moments, imparting knowledge, and offering tips that support women in becoming the best version of themselves in life and business. This is a podcast you do not want to miss. Hey, 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 beautiful people. Welcome to the Janet Michelle podcast. Today's guest is Aretha Akila Canyon, District 7 City Council candidate. Voting takes place on August 27th. Make sure your information is updated and that you know the polling locations. Council members represent you, so be sure you put the right people in place. Local elections are vital to your existence as a city resident. Hello, beautiful people. It's Janet Michelle, your blogger, Bessie. And today I have with me Aretha Akila Canyon. Uh, she's running for District 7 City Council for St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, Aretha, would you care to further introduce yourself to the listeners? I would. And I just want to say thank you for having me on your show. Um, as mentioned, my name is Aretha Akila Canyon. I'm 22 years old, uh, live in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I'm running for District 7 City Council on a platform of reparations and economic development for the Black community as a starting point to move our city forward with the campaign slogan, Make the South Side Black Again. And um, I ran for office two years ago on the same platform of reparations. It was um, regarded as kind of like a fringe politic. People said we can't win if we say reparations. And now we see a situation where there are presidential candidates talking about reparations in the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we we think it's a prime opportunity now. We introduced reparations into the mainstream, and um, now we can make it happen um, in the city of St. Pete and be an example for what can happen in this country and throughout the world. So that's who I am. That's what I'm doing. Okay, and thank you so much for that um, awesome introduction to you. For those of you, uh, those who don't know you, (laughs) um, I'm sure they can appreciate that tidbit. Um, Now, I was looking, of course, you know, and doing research and looking over your platform. And uh, your platform, it's it's very robust. It includes things like restoration of economic development for the Black community through reparations, um, ending the anti-Black, undemocratic rigged election systems in St. Pete, um, having a real single-member district election, Black community control of the police, um, creating a people-based budget to improve uh, the quality of life in our city. Like I said, a very robust uh, platform, a very intentional platform. Uh, should you be elected, what would be? What would you attack day one, like out the gate? What would be your first priority? Well, right out the gate, and it's something that we are already... Um, you know, this whole campaign is really taking this on right now, um, is the whole question of the gentrification of um, the black community in the city of St. Pete. And our whole platform really speaks to that question because we have to put a stop to it right now. um, And over the last few decades, the city has been in in a, the city government has been in a process of gobbling up every part of the black community really and building up all these high rises, these condos and, and becoming a place for only rich people to be able to to come like a vacation spot for rich people and pushing out, um, historic black communities. And we, um, have been really observing this situation and, you know, trying to make noise and, you know, combat it. And it's a situation where if in two years, um, we don't put an end to this, we can 
we can expect the black community will be no more in this city. Um, it's, it's happening so rapidly and every, every policy, everything that you see really goes uh, towards that. So I think our whole platform, when we talk about reparations, economic development, putting resources in the black community so that we can have, you know, jobs and businesses and employment and ability to see clothes and house ourselves, it attacks that question. The whole question of black community control of the police so that police can't come in and occupy our community looking for trouble, um, intimidating, harassing, brutalizing, and even killing black people. Um, and, you know, all, all these other things that we're talking about, we talk about um, in terms of reparations, the return of um, the Tropicana Field baseball, the land under that dome, to return yes. that back to the black community, mm-hmm. build affordable housing and economic development. So that's what we're attacking right out the gate is to end the gentrification of the black community. Like my slogan um, says, make the South Side black again, because we have to put a stop to it. Um, otherwise, they're, they're going to erase this community. They're doing it every day. Every, every day I wake up, you know, I can see a new building being built. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really terrifying. And so, um, you know, that's, that's the thing that we're coming right out the gate with. Okay. And so, um, and I, and I like that because, you know, you're absolutely right. And I think uh, as far as, especially about putting that the Dome District taxing district back into um, the South Side, because it's not right now. And so when it is redeveloped, which we know, you know, that's going to happen, you know, that's just what it is. Uh, They've already, they know how valuable that land is. They're already calculating uh, calculating what the earnings off of it. So they know full well what's there. And so getting that back into uh, the black community is big. And that it, that would be um, what signal, you know, that the city is really dedicated to righting a wrong. Uh, so many right. wrongs that have been uh, done against the black community, at least in my opinion. So here, here's the thing with, if you were elected, right. Uh, and not everybody, not your your other council members, they don't share your same enthusiasm. They, for whatever reason, let's say they don't share your same enthusiasm, or they're not as passionate about as you are about the conditions of the black uh, citizens in Saints in Saint Petersburg. What would you do to get them on board? What would you do to, uh, so to speak, um, I don't want to say plead your case because the evidence is there. The numbers are there. The, you know, there are things that are there that point to every concern you've listed on your platform. But what would you do if you get resistance from uh, other council members about embracing policies that can, in fact, um, mirror reparations to improve the quality of life for black citizens in, in St. Petersburg? I really appreciate that question. And it's uh, sort of two-pronged. And just want to say that, you know, I'm not going into this thing naive, of course. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is we're running because there is no one on city council right now and then within city government that um, shares these views. Or if they do, they're in the closet about sharing these views because their policies say otherwise. And there's nobody really fighting for the interests of the black community. I can say that quite confidently. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there's, you know, two ways of going about this. One, I have a running mate. Her name is Ann Hirsch. She's mm-hmm. running in District 5 City Council on the same exact platform. Um, and she's a white woman who has mm-hmm. been a part of um, the Uhuru movement, a member of the Uhuru Solidarity Movement, worked under the leadership mm-hmm. of the Black working class uh, fighting for reparations uh, to the Black community. And so her, we're running on the same platform, and we're running in a majority white city. 
And mm -hmm. it's important for other white people to see this white woman take the stance of reparations to black mm -hmm. people and, the, and take a stance with this platform so that they can too see their interest and support it. Um, mm -hmm. And so also to have two members on city council with, you know, same platform, same like mind and trying to make the same thing happen will make it much more difficult uh, for city council to, you know, to function in the same old way. Now you got two people on there and hopefully in the coming years, increasingly more of the city council that represents reparations and economic development. And if we have anything to do with it, that will be the case. Um, okay. But so, yes, yeah, so we have that. But then the whole thing that we're trying to do is build a people's movement. We're trying to create a social movement because there's okay. no way that these people on city government right now who have been in office or have been a part of this whole status quo for the last decade um, and beyond, they're, they're going to concede to the demands that we are, that we are making. They know, they know what it is that they're doing. Nobody's blind. Nobody is unaware mm -hmm. of the kind of implications mm -hmm. that their policies have for the black community. They carry it out willingly. So mm -hmm. we're not naive there. Our goal is because it's beyond an election, it requires the building of a social movement within the city where people are demanding that this is the platform that they want to represent their city. This is how they want the city to operate. And Absolutely. we believe that with the power of the people, that, that the government has to respond to how the people, the people's needs and wants. And if everybody is out there demanding, if you got to have demonstrations every day and sit-ins, mm -hmm hall and all these kinds of things that eventually that government is going to have to bend to the will of the people. They're going to have some serious problems. And of mm -hmm. course, we are, we're willing to create those problems for them and bring the people into this process as, as they've been locked out for so long. So. Mm -hmm. And that's so important that you mentioned about or about uh, having a movement of people and that uh, creating an environment where the government, it truly works for the people as it should and not for corporations or other entities that do not have the community's best interest at heart. Um, so that was a really important point. So um, tell me, what, what is your why? What is it that makes you get up every day, you know, wanting to see things better you know, for the for yourself and for others in the community, because in this age, it's so easy to disconnect and disengage and just, you know, worry about ourselves. But what is it that keeps you engaged and wanting to see better uh, for yourself and for the community? What is your why? Well, I became a member of the Uhura Movement, um, which is an international organization Mm -hmm. um, that fights for reparations and uh, self-determination for Black people all around the world. Mm -hmm. And I joined this organization. Um, it was actually introduced to me early on in life because my dad was a member of it. Um, and mm -hmm. I joined at 18 years old, right after high school. And when I joined and I became really active in seeing, you know, okay, this is what's happening to Black people all over the world. You can't mm -hmm. ignore it. You can't mm -hmm. pretend like you didn't just see what you just saw. And so there, that's what really, you know, makes me work as hard as I do and, and to, to do what I do because mm -hmm. there's no, I mean, there's no way that you can deny the situation and be comfortable with it. I, in fact, it was running for city council in, uh, in 2017 that I really got to see I saw how it was on a global scale, but on a local mm -hmm. level, I was even, uh, you know, uh, oblivious to in a certain kind of way. And so I got to see all the nastiness of our mm -hmm. city government and what they're doing to black people in the city. And I was just so like, 
I shouldn't have been taken aback because I see it happening everywhere. But I'm like, wow, that is, that is incredible. And it just filled me even more because now, um, at, because of the, uh, as a consequence of running for office two years ago, uh-huh. I see that th- this is what's happening to my community and that it's only getting worse. And if we don't do anything about it, then, you know, they're, they're just going to push us out and there's not going to be no kind of blowback at all. They're just going to get away with it. Mm-hmm. And, um, the thing that keeps me motivated is the fact that my people have to have a better life. My community has to have a better life. Um, all, you know, we are the hardest working people on the planet. Um, everywhere it is we are, we're working and we built this city and they sold, it sold our community and, and it, it just can't go, um, you know, unchallenged. And I, I can't, I mean, my, my family has been in this city for generations. Um, you know, I see my dad struggle and, uh, you know, and have to, to fight challenges and all these kinds of things that, um, you know, plague him and, and still even plague him and my family and my community today. So that's, mm-hmm. but that's what pushes me, something that can't be ignored and somebody has to fight back and, and win the whole community to fight back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for allowing us into that aspect uh, of your candidacy, sharing your why. Um, the other thing is, I noticed also in your in your uh, your in your platform, you get to the heart of the matter, and that's the dollars. Uh, you mentioned a great deal about the size of pol- budgets, and you know specifically like the police budget, and um, and that uh, how much funding that department receives. And I know right now there's a lot of conversation going around about um, policies versus programs. And I like the fact that you you look you look at the budget and then you also um, state that there are ways that monies can be re um, what's the word I'm looking for reassigned, if you will, to issues that are intentional about fixing things on the south side and so what i'm just curious what are your thoughts on that about the continuous programming the south side has received um but the unintentional budgetary moves to really um make a difference if you will other uh policies if you will like the unintentional uh not actually ironing out policies that would uh could in fact you know, give a more of a, have more of an impact, if you will, in the community, as opposed to the 30 years of programming um, that we've seen and the bloated budgets going to uh, certain sectors of uh, within the, within the community. But those sectors have not really done anything to help again, the quality of life for, for the black, the black residents. So I guess to, just to be clear, what are your thoughts on that policies, intentional policies uh, versus programming and then intention, having an intentional budget? Well, um, I think that, you know, just in terms of the question, um, there are a lot of different things that I could say about in terms of what are my, my thoughts or just what, what it is that I know. I know that economic development and the needs of the people, literally economic development is listed as a sideline item on the city's budget. Mm-hmm. And pro and any kind of programs that they've tried to initiate, they have this thing called the CRA program. And that's supposed to be a situation where 
uh, aspiring entrepreneur business owners are able to access some kind of grant money uh, mm-hmm. to you know start up their business. Um, but you know you have to have all of the, meet all of their qualifications, which the average black worker is not going to be able to to get. Um, and then so you, you can get a pittance of these resources that. I mean, just exists within the city budget right now. I mean, they they are gloating about how this they, their budget is. I mean, like the 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 amount of money they have right now in the city's budget, it you know it's like the highest amount they've had in history. Like this is they mm-hmm. they say they got so much money, basically they don't even know what to do with most of it. You know, so um, and we're seeing a situation right now where so you got people competing for these little crumbs of, of CRA grant money to, de- to build these businesses and quote unquote programs that don't actually exist. I've seen, I've seen names of programs and, and organizations that are supposed to be doing this with black community, providing literacy, quote unquote, and mm-hmm. job training. Also, I've never seen any of that. Um, they must do it in a closet somewhere because I've never seen it. Um, and it hasn't actually produced any material, um, uh, you know, anything material for our community that has bettered our community in any way. It's, I mean, again, w- the situation in our community has only gotten worse, um, hasn't moved forward in any way, shape or form. And we look at the city's budget and we look at what the center of that. And one of the, um, one of the, it's one fifth of the city's budget is spent on police. They spent $85 million to build a, a police station, an eco-friendly police station that they put solar panels on top of so they could, you know, uh, eco, um, they could be more eco-friendly while occupying the black community, I guess. Um, and now they're looking at um, allocating an additional $20 million to the police station for extra amenities or whatever it is that they're trying to do. Now, one, when you look at the situation of the people and what the, what the people's needs are, you see, like, you're looking at homelessness, you're looking at joblessness, you're looking at, and you're looking at hunger. I mean, literally, like, these are all the things that our people are confronted with in this city. And you're going to build a new police station and nobody, nobody voted for that. The people, that's, first of all, that's our money. Those are our dollars in that budget that's going towards a police station that nobody asked for. And so, you know, we want to create a people-based budget that starts with reparations and economic development. We have to restructure that whole thing because right now it's about, um, you know, it's, it's about really bringing in these big developers, these investors that want to come in and buy up the land and build up their property, their condos and all this kind of stuff. And then it's about putting the police in here so they can protect those condos and those developers and all the things that they're doing at the expense of the black community and the people at large. Cause you got to have the police in there so that, you know, they can continue on with their plans and you can't disrupt any of those plans. That's why the police are there. So, um, you know, that's how the budget is structured. Now but we're saying let's flip that budget right side up and put the people at the center. Let's make economic development, the center of this budget, let's make reparations and rectifying historic wrongs at the center. Let's make a, a budget based on justice for the black community. And then we'll see all the people's needs being met. We'll be focusing on housing the homeless. That's why we say we want to turn that new $85 million police station. We want to retrofit it to be a, a top of the art, state of the art, a homeless shelter, you know, for people in a dignified way. Um, that's so that's what, that's what the focus should be. And it's very intentional. We, we say, we want a positive policy of economic development versus police containment because every problem that exists within the black community, I am confident, I can confidently say can be solved with economic development. 
It can be. When there is an ability for people to feed, clothe, and house themselves, you will see drastically all those problems and the contradictions that exist in our community. You'll see them dwindle. And the response that the city has always had in regards to problems and issues in the black community is to deploy more police. And we know our relationship with the police has never solved any kind of problem. And it's always ended in tragedy for the black community. So we don't want a city on, uh, on that basis. We don't want a budget on that basis of occupying the black community for somebody else's benefit. We believe that, you know, we have a, a big enough budget where resources can be allocated to the things that they need to be and where the people can benefit from their own resources and that's what it's about that's what it should be for and that's not what it's about currently because our current city officials work for these big developers that are coming in and you know trying to build their little tropical paradise mm-hmm. all right well thank you as always for um going in depth <laughs> and not just it's appreciated and hopefully the listeners the listeners will appreciate it too because sometimes i you know uh we get surface level responses from people who run for office and the fact that you have, you know, a well thought out um, responses and a solid uh, campaign um, platform, um, you know, that I know for me as a voter, it's definitely appreciated. And uh, some, another thing your platform also touches on, and that's about uh, building a women's, building women's health programs to address disparities faced by black mothers and children and that has been in the the news recently actually a lot and um you you pointed out you know that in Pinellas County an estimated 11 out of every 1,000 babies born to black mothers died in 2017 and that that's more than double the rate of deaths of babies born to white mothers and this is according Mm -hmm. to the Florida Department of Health that is astounding and you also noted that this is almost three times higher than the average international rate of infant mortality. That yep. is not talked about enough. And I know they just did this study. It was a um, some type of study done. A couple of groups got together, but it was for the county. Um, it, it, yeah, it was for the county at large. Um, and they talked about it. And so, but the fact that this nugget of information um, is here and this is not talked about enough. Uh, what would you do or what, you know, what are some things that, that you would champion and support when you say build a women's health programs? Like what, what would that look like for you as a city, a member of city council? Well, this was really an important part of our platform, obviously as a black woman myself, Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, reading these, these statistics, I mean, it's, absolutely you like you say astounding and you I mean like you like I can't be surprised but like I'm I'm very surprised by looking at this kind of stuff and um there's this program this woman that we know um because Ann Hirsch running for district five she's a midwife and so she has a um yeah so she's connected with you know a lot of other um women who work in midwifery and um doulas and Mm -hmm. There was this um, black woman by the name of Courtney who owns, she's just started this program uh, called the Perinatal Safe Space. And it's for mm-hmm. black mothers um, and new black mothers and, you know, you know, any, any black mother to come get any kind of resources that they need, doula services. Um, and, you know, just, you know, just, it's a really, it's an amazing program that with 
the necessary funds, it could really just be a, a traditional thing within the black community. And <clears throat> it's something that if we had, a, you know, if we had these resources and it was well known in our community, that, that whole, that whole that statistic would, wouldn't even be the case. And the fact of the matter is, you know, black women, they go into these hospitals and these doctors and, you know, we're just totally discarded and black women are not taken care of at all in these institutions. And then the resources, black women don't, you know, they are, we're suffering from the same, we're living, we live in poverty, we live in these same conditions that are imposed on us by the government. So we don't have the, the, the resources for the, you know, the absurd medical bills and all this kind of uh, stuff. And if you don't have the right insurance or whatever, they're not even going to treat you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to, we, I mean, one, we want to support uh, the business like the perinatal uh, safe space that the sister yeah. Courtney created. We, mm-hmm. want, we want to support that program and we want to build it so that it could be, you know, just huge and a really big uh, thing in our community for mm-hmm. black women to go to because I mean, it's just, I mean, black women, we need help. We need help in terms of, you know, having our children, having our babies, knowing how to take care of our babies, coming together as a community as it's, as we are accustomed to, because that's what we do. That's in our culture. That's what we do. So mm-hmm. to be able to have this type of program and so we can see these kind of statistics, you know, you know, just, they, they, it's, I mean, they shouldn't exist. And we want to see, we want to eradicate those kind of statistics and have healthy black babies, healthy black women and a healthy black community. So that's what we want to do. We want to push programs, support the program like Sister Courtney's and, and do whatever is possible to, you know, make it huge and, and um, have it a staple in our community. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you for that That insight. We'll definitely, you know, uh, send us some good vibes your way, and hopefully we'll see you on that, on, in those chambers, city council. <laughs> city mm-hmm. council chambers. Um, what would you like to, uh, is there, do you have any speaking engagements coming up? Where can, you know, if people want to hear more from you, where can they find you? Any of that good stuff going on? Well, yeah, we have reoccurring um, rallies. The International People's Democratic Uhuru Movement hosts rallies every Sunday from 3 to 5 p.m. at the Uhuru House, which is located at 1245 18th Avenue South, St. Petersburg, Florida. Mm-hmm. And these rallies, they have a topic each week, and the candidates speak to that topic and how our platform addresses that issue or how we will address it if it's not on our platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and this weekend we're talking about, um, ending voter suppression, the whole question of amendment four and the legislature that's trying to basically take back the, the vote, uh, to restore the rights of felons to be able to vote. Um, so we're talking about that this weekend, but that's reoccurring every single, uh, Sunday. And, and just in terms of staying in contact with us to know what we're doing, you know, today, tomorrow, and in the upcoming weeks. You can go to, um, we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My Facebook is Aretha Akile Canyon, just my name spelled out. Um, on Instagram, it's at Vote Akile, and on Twitter, it's the same thing, at Vote Akile. And our website is voteakile.com, and you, that's where you can find our platform information. You could read articles that I've written. You can donate. You can sign up to volunteer for this campaign. It's, you know, you don't want to miss it. And the same kind of information for Ann Hirsch, votehirsch.com for her website and information and her uh, social medias are um, at Vote Hirsch and Ann Hirsch on Facebook. So, yeah. 
Okay, and I think we're in the process process of trying to schedule her to come on as well. So um, I'm excited about that one. I'm just excited about women in politics, period, running for <laughs> running for office. I don't know what's going on. What, you know, I, I just don't know. But it's, you know, this these things that have been happening with women, our health rights and just us, period, you know, they have me greatly concerned. So I'm just excited for women throwing their hats out there in the ring. And, um, you know, just, just getting out there. So I, I, I appreciate it. And so I wish you, wish you all the best. Is there anything else you wanted to leave the listeners with before we, um, before we depart? Um, yeah, well, I just, again, really want to appreciate being able uh, to have this interview with you. And I mean, you've just been such a great interviewer. This has been really fun. Um, we are in a situation right now, in fact, they're, the media here, the local media, they work with, you know, the status quo. They work with the city government. So they won't even report on these campaigns. Um, and it's crazy because, like you said, women in politics, we can tussle with the best of them. But mm-hmm. also, you're talking about a black woman in the South running on a platform of reparations. Now, that to me sounds like national news. And mm-hmm. um, but there's a reason why people are not hearing about it. And that's because that, you know, this government doesn't want this thing to win they don't want it to win because if you can capture the imagination of the people and the people can be are aware of what it is that they're like what's happening to them and that they can do something about it that spells trouble for the current administration so um i just want to give all these listeners who can support this campaign who can be out with us in um in st pete who can vote and St. Peter, if you can't vote um, because of some other reason, like your rights not being restored, that yeah. this can't, we have the ability to win. We can win this thing. And we can't, we can't fear, um, you know, we can't be afraid. We can't be afraid to win. That's the thing. We can't give it to them because we're afraid to win. We have to dare to win. We have to fight. Mm-hmm. We have to struggle. And I'm confident in our ability to take this thing for the people. But we need everybody on board. So Let's make reparations happen in St. Petersburg, Florida, and let's make history. Let's be the example for what this trajectory this country needs to be on in the world. You know, we can set that example. So that's what I wanted to have the confidence and be bold, and let's take it. Absolutely. Oh, August 27th. Well, 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 oh, I'll cut you off. What you say? Go ahead. Say that again. Oh, I'm sorry. I said vote August 27th. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I'm sure this will not be the first uh, we hear from you or the last. And I I have to agree with you on because I didn't I hadn't heard anything. I'm going to be honest with you. I was online and I was in the uh, weekly challenger. And and I read your uh, the article about you. And I was like, what? (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I think, you know, yeah, that that whole trying to silence a movement. But just like you said earlier in the interview, the reparations, this thing, it's a national topic now. You know, they're asking presidential candidates about reparations. So this is not something that's just going to go away. People aren't going to bury their head in the sand. People are becoming more and more and more open into it and understanding it and, and mm-hmm. um, being empathetic towards the African-American community. So it's not going to go anywhere anytime soon. So thank you guys for being a catalyst to inject uh, reparations into uh, politics because it's well overdue. It's long overdue, especially at the local yes. level. Definitely. Yep. All righty. Well, thank you so much. And if uh, you have any questions, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me. All right. We'll do. Thank you so much.
You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, hit that subscribe button and share what you loved or learned with us on Instagram at Janet Michelle blog. Stay in touch by joining our Glow Up Game mailing list at JanetMichelle.com.